Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Deuteronomy 4.29 and Psalms 27.8. If you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. Come, my heart says, seek his face, your face. Lord, I do seek. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Our scripture reading this morning and a special thanks to all the worship band. What a wonderful job they do. (laughs) Truly um, eating our hearts into God's presence. Um, It's really a blessing today. Thank you for that. As we have heard God's word, we um, seek its meaning for our life. The power that it has to shape us to bring hope into our darkness. And so uh, let us ask God's Holy Spirit to open our spirits. Gracious God, we pause in this moment thanking you, first of all, for the gifts that have been given, uh, the music that has helped us to be open to your presence and experience your spirit reaching out to us and lifting us. We thank you for your word that has now come to us, and it's, we know that there is a word you want to speak to us. There is a meaning you have for our life. You have things you want to say and how you want to move us. So God... Open our spirits to your spirit, that we may be shaped and renewed and transformed into the people you call us to be. These things we pray in the name of the Christ. Amen. Most of us um, probably remember something like this when we were a child, or perhaps if you're a parent, it is something you actually have said to your children. It's where you're talking to your child, and there's something that uh, is really important that you want to say to them. There's something you, that you really want them to hear what you've got to say. And so you, you say something like, look at me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Have you ever, ever had that said to you? <laughs> Have you ever said that to any of your kids or something? Yeah, I think most of us have. <clears throat> As a parent, we say that because we know that if our child is looking at us, they have a better chance of actually hearing or listening to what we're trying to say to them. It's, it's a way to make sure that our words are getting through to them. And we say that uh, not only at times when we're scolding them, but we also use it when we have something that's really important we want to convey that we really want them to hear. Uh, That's because eye contact is an essential part of communication. In fact, there are studies out there that show that babies uh, develop much faster. The babies thrive in life when they have a lot of eye contact from their primary caregivers. And babies who don't have a lot of eye contact with their primary caregivers uh, tend not to develop as quickly. You also see this among people who are in love. Um, What what do people who are in love do? They look at each other, right? They they look into each other's eyes. They gaze into each other's eyes, right? All day long, that's what they want to do is gaze into each other's eyes. (laughs) Uh, Because it's just a way that makes you feel close. It conveys your love to the other. Uh, Billy and Ruth Graham were married for 63 years until she died in 2007. And before she died, when she got to that point in life where she was very weak and feeble, not even able to carry on much of a conversation, Billy Graham said, Ruth and I still have a love affair through our eyes. Now, on the flip side of that, there was a woman who was describing going through a time of divorce, and she said, I knew there was a problem when I realized my husband was not looking at me even when we had conversation. That's the importance of, of eye contact. 
And it's not just important in the relationships we have with uh, family and friends, between husbands and wives and between children and their parents. The, the spiritual eye contact that we have with God is also important. I mean, when it comes to our relationship with God, that spiritual eye contact. What I mean is there's a sense in which God, I think, is saying to each one of us, look at me when I'm talking to you because I have so much that you need to hear. Listen, above all the relationships that we have in this lifetime, the relationship that we cultivate with God is the most important one because it's that relationship that shapes how we relate to one another and every other person, everything around us. Yet, for many of us, that relationship is probably the most neglected, the most underdeveloped relationship that we have. And that's either because our eyes are focused on other things or because we just don't know how to develop a relationship with God. And so this morning we're beginning a new series entitled Seeking God. And for the next three weeks, I'm going to be challenging you to focus on your relationship with God on getting to know God, uh, getting to experience God by seeking him. One of the dangers that uh, popular thought has brought to us today is that I think many people have reduced the gospel message to merely being a, a, a set of doing good deeds, it's good deeds that we do. We reduce the Christian life to being um, a way of just tr- trying to act a certain way. I mean, if, if I just act more loving, if I just act uh, good, if I act uh, more generous, then I will be living the Christian life. Folks, that is not the gospel message. The gospel message in the Christian life is far greater than that. The, The Christian life is not an attempt to try to get us to act like Jesus or to imitate Jesus on the outside. The Christian life is not just a way of trying to make ourselves more righteous by doing more righteous things. The Christian life, the gospel message, is really an invitation to reorder our disordered lives around a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The gospel is the call to live life with God in such a way that that God begins to, the, the indwelling of God shapes us, it heals our inner lives and transforms us so that we, from that point, begin to live like disciples of Jesus Christ. We start doing those good deeds out of being our reordered center. (laughs) And so that all begins by focusing on our relationship with God, by seeking God. Of course, there are many blessings that come from seeking God. And if you're Seeking to have a deeper relationship with God, your life becomes more meaningful. You have more vibrancy in your life, more joy. Uh, The love of God naturally flows from your life. Uh, When you're seeking God, you truly find your heart's home. But in this series, it isn't so much about the payoff you get from seeking God. It's more about the the process of seeking God. How do we actually seek God? How do we go about doing that? What does that really mean? That's what we're going to be focusing on this series. Now, there are many reasons that people search for God, seek God in their life. A lot of people are drawn to seeking God because of a need or a void that they have in their lives. We've all heard the stories of people who have been very successful in life. They've achieved success. They've acquired 
lot of material possessions and significant wealth, and yet they get to the end of their life and they feel as if it's empty. And they wonder, is this all there really is? A few years ago, in an interview with 60 Minutes, Tom Brady was being interviewed about his successful career in the NFL and all the championships he had won, all the, the Super Bowl rings he had got, and all the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the records he had set. But at one point in the interview, he had a very honest moment with himself, and he made the statement, sometimes I think there's got to be more than this. We remember how in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon had a similar journey uh, with success and power and material possessions. He'd achieved it all in life, everything. And yet he comes to the end of his life and has this conclusion, you know, surely there's got to be more to life than just this. And it's at that point that people often are drawn to search for God, to seek God in their life, because they've tried to find fulfillment in every other thing in life, everything the world has to offer, but they still find themselves empty with a void, a deep longing. And so they seek God. Other people often seek God when they come across a time of crisis, when their back's up against the wall, when they find themselves hitting rock bottom in life or have this uh, brink of disaster taking place in their lives. In the book of Second Chronicles, we hear about how King Jehoshaphat was ruling over the nation of Judah, and he suddenly gets word that these three different armies from three different countries have come together, and they're marching toward Israel to try to destroy Israel and take him from the throne and kill him. And at that point, in Second Chronicles, we read, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he set his face to seek the Lord. I think like Jehoshaphat, trouble often brings us to that place in life that we turn our eyes and start seeking for God. Whatever it is that drives you to seeking God in your life, whether it's the longing for something more, whether it is that something that's missing in your life, whether it's fear or discouragement or despair or depression or you know, whatever it is, what you need to know is that when you do turn toward your eyes toward God and you start seeking God in your life, God is pleased by that. There's nothing that pleases God any more than when we turn our attention and seek him. And what you also need to know is that with that pursuit that you're doing, you're searching for more of God in your life, you will find it. You cannot fail. You will not and cannot. That search is not going to be in vain. Because as we read in Hebrews, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In the book of Deuteronomy, God says, if you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you look for him with all of your heart, with all of your soul. In other words, if, if you make seeking God your priority and you have this, I'm dead serious about this attitude of seeking God in your life, you will find him. When it becomes the priority of your heart and soul, your search will not be in vain. Have you ever longed to find God? Have you ever longed to experience a relationship with God in a very deep and personal way? Not just to know about God, not just to know the stories about God, but to really know God, to sense his presence, to hear his voice, to feel the comfort of his embrace. Can you imagine what that would really be like? Is that the kind of relationship you have with God? Well, this is what God wants 
for every man, woman, and child on this planet. And this is what God longs for every person who is here today. Uh, And it's something we can all experience if we earnestly seek God. Notice this phrase that we hear in the scriptures over and over again. The phrase is, seek his face. Seek God's face. We, we, we hear this throughout Scripture. Uh, most of you are familiar with that verse in Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, where God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We hear it again in First Chronicles where we read, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. But what does that mean, to seek God's face? But I think you find a clue when you look at other translations of different verses that talk about this. Uh, some refer to this verse in one First Chronicles by saying, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek his presence. So when the Bible talks about seeking God's face, what it's really talking about is seeking God's presence. And he's talking about having that, that close, intimate, kind of one-on-one um, conversation with God, a communion with God, that the God is actually together in the same room with you. Have you ever had that kind of experience? Well, if not, what you need to know is that we're not talking about uh, taking some kind of journey to a remote place in order to find God. I mean, we don't have to go to a spiritual retreat in order to experience God in your life. Although those kind of experiences are, are important because you usually disengage enough that you're receptive to God's presence. But uh, we're not talking about jumping through any kind of spiritual hoops as an attempt to connect with God, as if there's if you just do the magical formula, take the magical steps, then you will experience God. We're not talking about that because the Bible, when it talks about seeking God's presence, really what it's talking about is acknowledging the fact that God is right there with you always. You don't have to travel far to find God because God is always with you. It's as Jesus says when he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Hebrews, we read, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So seeking God's face begins with the acknowledging of God's presence that is always with us. Have you ever been with a group of friends who are having a conversation among each other? And they don't acknowledge you. I mean, you say something, it's like they don't even acknowledge what you're saying. You never had that experience? It's funny, I, I have that experience all the time, it seems like. <clears throat> but, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, that's exactly what we do with God a lot of times. We go through our daily lives and we just don't even acknowledge that God's in the room with us or God's even there. Uh, Greg Goschel, actually, is a pastor of one of the largest churches in America. And a few years back, he wrote a book entitled The Christian Atheist. And he talks about this phenomenon. And the subtitle of his book is Believing in God, but Living as if God doesn't exist. Many Christians, I think, fall into that trap. I think many churches can fall into that trap. It's not about living a a life of sin or debauchery, but rather it's, it's more about living life and going through your daily life as if God's not there, nowhere to be found. What Jesus tried to teach us, I think, throughout Scripture is that God wants more from us than just a Sunday morning ritual. God wants more from us than just mere obedience. God wants your heart. He wants your companionship. He wants a relationship 
with you. As I said earlier, I think God wants to say to us, look at me when I'm talking to you. This is where this journey of developing a more vital and deeper relationship with God begins. It begins by looking at him, by turning our eyes toward God, by acknowledging his presence and focusing on seeking his presence every day of our life. And at this point, some of you are probably saying, okay, I get it. You know, I'm, I, I get it. I know I need to develop a closer relationship with God, a more vital relationship with God. But how do I go about doing that? Well, in the time that we have left, I want to share with you five things, five ways that I think you can do that on a daily basis. Uh, If you will do these five things, I think it will help you in your, your seeking of God's face and experiencing a deeper relationship with God, growing in that relationship. So let's look at these briefly this morning. The first thing I would encourage you to do is cling Cling and cleave to God every day. In fact, I think this is probably the most important of all the five here because this is really talking about making God a priority in your life. For those of you who are parents, do you remember the first time that you left your child at daycare or at a babysitter or maybe at school? Do you remember that? Most of the parents don't forget that experience. Uh, but do you remember your child's reaction? when they discovered that you were going to leave them, that they were not going with you, but you're going to leave them there. Of course, we try to, you know, give them a hug. We try to kiss them to reassure them of our love for them, but that doesn't work. They still cling to you or they they wrap their arms and their legs around you. They beg you, don't leave me, don't leave me. And it's a heart-wrenching experience for any parent. But it's also a very eye-opening experience because in that moment you discover just how much this child depends upon you Loves you, wants you, doesn't want you to leave them, needs you. Of course, when you drop them off the fourth or fifth or sixth time, you're probably ever getting to say goodbye, you know. No sooner their feet hit the ground, they're off running, want to play with their friends. You come back several hours later and they don't even know you've gone, been been gone at all. That's another eye-opening experience. But what I'm suggesting here is that if you want to have a deep and a vital relationship with God, then you need to cling to God with that same desperation that a child on their first day of daycare wants to cling to their parent. With that same level of intensity, you say, God, don't leave me. God, I can't imagine being without you. I want you. I want to hold on to you. I don't want to let you out of my sight. In the book of Genesis, when God talks about marriage, he said a man should leave his father and a mother should cleave to his wife. That word cleave there is the same root word it's translated as glue. So it literally means glue. He's saying here uh, that we most, the married couple should try to, to stick together as if they are glued together. And then in Psalm 63, 8, David writes, My soul clings to you. That word cling is the same root word that's translated, it's the same way in Genesis passage, that it means glue. And so he's talking about the, your relationship with God. My soul clings to you. So God is saying that, we should seek to cling, to cleave to him, to, to be glued to him. And that means that you acknowledge God's presence in your life every day. And when you sense that distance, that you're wandering away from him, you try to hold on to him. You, you reach out to God again. You wrap your arms and your legs around God. You, you try to hold on to God, to not let him go. You know, and I think of the busy lives that we live in. It's so easy for us to lose sight of God's face, God's presence, 
And I think it's a couple of things that you can do on a daily basis to help with that. It's something I've shared with you before. Some of you have heard this, but uh, I think one of the things you can do is to get in the habit of acknowledging God's presence first thing in the morning before you do anything else. You uh, start a conversation with God. I've told you in the mornings before I get out of bed, I try to make it my habit of saying, good morning, God, because I know if I don't, (laughs) uh, I'm going to get distracted in other things. But you just open yourself to God's presence. You start a conversation from that point. Good morning, God, and take it from there. And I think the second thing you can do is that make it your habit of acknowledging God's presence at the end of every day. At the end of the day, when you are... Uh, turn off the TV set or you put down that book you've been reading or you um, ready to try out the, light, the lamp <laughs> for your bed or before, after you kiss your spouse or your children goodnight, you acknowledge God's presence. You just spend a moment there. And you're, those final moments before you close your eyes, acknowledging God's presence. Maybe your day was not a perfect day. Maybe you wandered away from God and you made more mistakes than you care to list. <laughs> Uh, maybe you forgot to acknowledge God in more ways than you want to admit. It's never too late to cling and to cleave to God. And here's what you find, that gap between the morning and the night, when you seek to cling to God in those moments, you'll find that gap will close throughout the day, and pretty soon you'll be clinging and cleaving to God throughout the whole day, every day. This is one of the ways I think we can seek God on a daily basis. Another way to seek God is through praise and appreciation. Uh, Adoration is one of those words we use as well. David says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. An essential step in uh, seeking God's face and establishing relationship with God that is growing and vital is to come to God on a daily basis with a spirit of gratitude and of praise. It means forgetting for a moment all the good reasons you have to complain about everything (laughs) and focusing instead on all the good things that have happened in your life, all of your successes, all of your blessings, all of the, the wonderful experiences you've had in your life. You focus on those things. Take a moment to focus on the source of all of those things that have been given to you. Take a moment to say thank you, God. Take a moment to say... To God be the glory for all the blessings that I have received, all that he's done in my life. Just take a moment to thank God. Seeking God means coming to God every day with this attitude and a, a time of thanksgiving and gratitude and praise. Another way you can seek God's face is through the witness of God's word. I'm talking about spending time every day in the Bible. Now, I know that's... It's not very attractive to a lot of people. The Bible can be very difficult to read. But listen, there's a lot of creative ways and resources out there that you can use to help read the Bible daily that don't make it such a boring book to read. So I take advantage of those. But when it comes to reading the Bible, I want you to understand the personal relationship that you're after by reading the Bible is not a personal relationship with the Bible. I think a lot of people get confused about that. It's as if they worship the Bible. The personal relationship you're after by reading the Bible is that personal relationship with God. And, and you can experience that in the pages of the Bible if you will read it with that expectation. You have all the commandments and the stories. I, I know that. But you also, in the process of reading the Bible, you learn about the true nature of God. You learn about God's will for your life. You hear his voice speaking to you when you read it with that expectation 
So I'm going to challenge you to, to find a way to, to read the Bible daily. You can use devotions. There's all kinds of ways to do that. But you do with the intent of not just trying to know more about God, and uh, about God, but you're trying to do it with the intent of experiencing a one-on-one encounter with the living God. Another way you can seek God's face is by fasting with a focus. Uh, in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat heard this news about these armies coming to conquer his land and invade them, uh, the scripture says he set his face to seek God and he proclaimed a fast for all in Judah. Now, I know this spiritual discipline of fasting is probably something a lot of you aren't very familiar with. I can tell that by looking at you. Some of you, some of us need to get on that fasting diet or whatever. But listen, you know, there's something powerful, empowering when it comes to doing without food for a little while. And I'm not talking about, you know, taking one of these 40 days and 40 night fasting like you read in the Bible. You can fast simply for one day a week. You can fast for one meal. Uh, But what happens is when you fast with the intent of seeking God, when those hunger pains come within you, it's a reminder of turning your eyes to God. In that moment, you just focus on God's presence. You reach out to God in those times. It can be a powerful way of experiencing God's presence. So I encourage you to maybe consider fasting once a week or once a meal every once in a while. Fasting with a focus of trying to make more of your relationship with God, seeking God. And then finally, I think another way you can seek God on a daily basis is try to clear out the clutter from your life. The truth is more, many of us have so much that's going on in our lives that we feel as if we don't really have the time or the energy to pursue a relationship with God. But I think if you took a closer look at your daily activities, what you would, most of us, I know I'm true for my life, what you'll find is that it's filled with a lot of non-essential clutter. Uh, maybe you could get by with a little less time on TV (laughs) or a little less time on Facebook or a little less time on the Internet or a little less time listening to talk radio. I don't know, whatever it is that is filling your day, consuming your free time, maybe you could get by with a little less of that. I think one of the ways that helps us to seek God is to remove some of the clutter, eliminate some of that meaningless activity that consumes our life so that we can replace it with some meaningful activity that we can spend in the presence of God. I know, you know, a lot of people say, hey, look, I look forward to just getting in front of the television and kind of zoning out, and that's my way of relaxing. That's why I like to get in there, just do nothing. And okay, we all need that from time to time. And, but to tell you the truth, there is nothing more unwinding, nothing more relaxing than finding a comfortable place where you just reflect upon the presence of God in your life. So it's a whole much, so much better than watching Netflix or uh, cat videos on YouTube or something, you know. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, find that those moments that you can clear out some of that non-essential clutter, focusing on God. Take a few moments just to be with God, to be still in His presence. That will strengthen your relationship with God. It will, it will magnify the presence of God in your life if you simply do that. This is why God says in Psalm 46, "Be still and know." that I am God. These five things, I, I believe wholeheartedly, that if we just implement these in our daily lives, it'll help us in this seeking of God and experiencing God's presence. But the truth is, you know, we have to decide whether we want this to be a priority in our life or not. To be sure, God is never far from you. His eyes are always 
focused on you. Rest assured, he's never far away. Seeking God is not this difficult process that we have to go through because God is always right there with you. He's as close as the air you breathe every day. His eyes are always focused on you. His invitation is always there to come. Spend time with me. Look at me. Seek me. Seek my face. Acknowledge my presence. Focus on my presence with you on an everyday basis. I believe when we do this, we truly find our heart's true home. Let's pray together. God, we confess that we hear your call this morning and we recognize that this is why you created us, to be in relationship with you. This is what gives us life, makes life worth living and the hopes that we can make it through life. And yet, God, we confess that we have sought our energy and our time and our focus and so many other things that have left us feeling empty, alone and discouraged. So, God, may we hear your call today to come home, to turn our eyes toward you, to look at you, so that you may embrace us and reassure us and to develop that relationship with you that gives us life. We know that you long for that, God, and I believe that each person here longs for that. Give us the courage and the conviction to take those steps back to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.